improve it. I am so excited to be back here again with Ed D. Clearman. If you missed episode 157 or 158 of this show, go back, check them out because we are talking with a D. Clearman all about professional development for emerging leaders, why humor is key to success at work. And then today we're talking about the missing piece of your business culture. Spoiler. Okay. It's improv. It's improv comedy. So if you are somebody who has had trepidation about bringing improv into your workplace, listen to this. If you are someone who really wants to understand how it could help your program or your team and want an important first step in taking the leap, listen to this show. I am so thrilled to have my friend Adi back here on the Improve It Pod. Here we go. Let's get back to improving it with Adi Clearman. Hi, new friend. I'm Erin Deal, business improv edutainer, fail fluencer, and keynote speaker who is ready to help you improve your it. It being the thing that makes you, you. You. So think of me as your keeping it real professional development bestie who is here to help you develop yourself into the best version of you possible. So you can develop your team and lead with intentionality, transparency, and authenticity. Oh, and did I mention we're improving your it through play? That's right. I'm an improvisational comedy expert who uses experiential learning to help you have your aha moments. Those are the moments when the light bulb goes off and you're laughing at the same time. So grab your chicken hat, your notebook, and your inner child because I'm going to take you on a journey that is both fun and transformative. Welcome to the Improve It Podcast. Okay, well, I want to talk about this because you have witnessed your emerging leaders do improv you through our workshops. You've been a part of improve it workshops yourself. So let me ask you this. How have you seen improv just impact people's confidence at work? I would say it was really cool. Like at our large conference this past summer, to see all of our interns had to go through an improve it workshop. It was, they were like back to back to back to back. And they had this, you guys had this award called the golden, the super golden chicken, the golden chicken, the chicken champion, chicken champion, chicken champion. I'm sorry. I'm just, I think I live in Chinatown and there's actually like a restaurant across the street called the golden chicken. So like, Maybe that's why I'm thinking it. So sorry. But you know, the golden chicken is better, actually. So I like where I like that name better. But keep going, keep going. Chicken on all forms is delicious. But our team, all of our interns at the beginning, and you probably see this in a lot of, in all of your workshops, where like everybody was like a little tentative at the beginning. And then you gave them this like goal to work for that wasn't intimidating, but a lot of fun. But they wanted like bragging rights for this goal. And soon people like really, really got into it and a lot more quickly than we thought. And in terms of like seeing our emerging leaders go through that, everybody got out of their comfort zone. Most everybody got out of their comfort zone very, very quickly. And even though they were doing these like from an outside perspective, seemingly silly things of like, flapping their arms or like making these like weird like cow noises or like 
figuring out X, Y, and Z. They were like working as a team. It was a no judgment zone. And like, it was also very memorable. We know who that chicken champion is. And like, you can bring that to your leader and it highlights, hey, you can get out of your comfort zone here in like the pretty much like a a way that you'll is scary to most people. You could probably translate that to our clients. You probably think outside the box a little bit more differently. Or even if you didn't win, you probably took a lot of things away from it that will help you continue to win in the future. So I think improv, that was really exciting for me to see. And I mean, Aaron, I think I told you this afterwards, but like, and just by the nature of our relationship and knowing you before this, it was, I was so proud of you to see how your vision had impacted 480 young people in a city you weren't even in at the time. Like say what? Like that's really, it's like the power of laughter and a testament to you. So it's pretty cool. God. Okay. It's like, we're meant to talk today. Thank you. I received that. I really do. And sometimes, like I told you this, sometimes you don't, you know, I'm sitting here complaining to you before the show started about this photo shoot I did today on a stage with no people. So just spoiler alert, everyone, if you see marketing photos, there's no one in the audience. But I'm telling <laughs> myself, like, okay, Aaron, 10 years ago, didn't have this gum. Like, I wasn't a keynote speaker. I didn't have the ability to do what I'm doing now because I didn't have a team to run this side of the business. And it's like, that right there, just thank you. And also to your point about improv, like it is all about getting outside of your comfort zone. And I see that confidence instilled in the people that we work with, but improv is what gave me my confidence. And I will say I've had many fails throughout that journey, but it led me to this really awesome place. And I I saw it transform myself. And so I know that it can improve and impact people and can help them show up in a different way. And I want to talk about one person in particular from Gallagher who was on this show, Cameron Rafi, who was on episode 126. He was something else. And I know that he was an intern and, you know, he definitely he, so is he an employee of Gallagher now? That is a question I have. I don't know if he he's still in school. He's still in school, but I feel like, let's see where we are. I should have looked this up before our conversation. Um, but I know that him winning had like a very positive impact on all the people that heard about it, for sure. So I will get back to you. Okay. But no, that's okay. But the, the point is he really leaned into this concept of the chicken dance. And he wrote a blog about it on LinkedIn, which you tagged me in, which I was freaking out because it was so cool. It was the power of this idea. Literally, the chicken dance started on my kitchen table while building Improve It. And then this person who totally got outside of his comfort zone and created a name for himself because like I say Cameron and you know who Cameron is because he danced his heart out, right? He was like squawking around, having a great time. Like it was great. I mean, he was a winner for a reason. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So if an Improve It peep or a listener out there is tuning in today and they are thinking about incorporating any improv-based training into their 
Emerging Leader Program, what would you say would be an important first step? For how to incorporate improv as like a training tool? Is that what you mean? Yeah. If they're thinking about like, okay, I want something outside of the box. Maybe it's improv. Maybe it's a different type of team building activity, but it's definitely not the day to day. What would you say would be a first step for them to do before engaging anyone like improve it or engaging anybody else who may do something outside of the box? I would think like, what's the goal, right? I think that's the first step is what's the goal of this? Because having fun and laughter is great. But if it's just doing it for the sake of doing it in a professional setting, that's like a waste of your time. Unless your goal is to just bring levity and have fun, which is a wonderful goal in itself. But I think like, what's your goal? Like, hey, you know what, maybe our team has been really down. And we've been through like a big slump. And now we're emerging from it, we need something like fun or, um, hey, you know what, like, we want to do a communications workshop, because we feel like our, it would be helpful for our clients, but we just don't want to just sit in a training. Um, I would, I would think like, figure out your goal. But I think an improv workshop can meet a lot of different goals. So after step one, I think step two is don't overthink it much like improv, just like figure out your budget, figure out what you can do and then book it. People will come around. They may, everybody has resistance to things, but they'll come around for sure. Something that I also liked is that you and also all your team members mentioned like, this workshop is for everybody, introverts, extroverts. If you're not feeling comfortable, we can make accommodations for you. So like a lot of, if you're, you know, trying to have a communications training for a hundred accountants, which I'm sure they're all crazy, but um, crazy and fun, but um, maybe a couple of them, that's not their cup of tea, but there's a way to adjust and bring this to, to their level as well. So it's, it's not just for, for wild and crazy extroverts, you know? Oh my God, that's right. And I want to, that's a great point because I want to touch on that too. I think some people hear the word improv, they have a lot of trepidation, their nerves automatically go into like hyper alert, their nervous system is shook. What would you say (laughs) to someone listening who is automatically going to that place of trepidation when it comes to something like improv? What would you tell them? I think all my worst fears about improv came true at your workshop. I got <laughs> stuck. I got stuck and felt dumb in front of a group of like 50, 40 people. And like, it was fine because everybody got real supportive very quickly. And not only was it, it felt so gratifying to have like people on my side. It was also like a good lesson that people don't want you to fail. Like you may think that people want you to fail, but they don't because one, if people are failing, that that's no fun to see. And two, it's just like more fun to be around. It's, 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 it's easier and more fun to be supportive and we're lazy. Like humans are lazy. So if it's easier to have fun and be supportive, we're probably going to do it. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that answered your question, but I think like, just know that it's a very supportive environment Um, It can be tailored and adjusted to all types of personalities. And if something makes you super uncomfortable, you know, and then maybe you sit out and you take a walk and you sit out and you observe and take notes on it and you still get a takeaway. That's fine. Yes. 
Yes. And that's the thing too. I really like that you said that because you, there's activities where you are involved, everyone's involved. And then there's activities where you can sit back and watch. And sometimes those moments are the most aha filled moments. I call them the aha, haha moments. Okay. She's going back to the cheese board. She's back to the cheese. Um, But they really do happen. And you can sit back and witness someone transforming in that moment. I actually remember when you brought that up, your story, and you've told me this before, but I can remember you struggling. But to me, that story doesn't stick out in my mind ever because obviously it was happening to you, not to me, because I knew everyone in that room would have your back. Like I knew I wasn't worried for you. I was going to have your back and then everybody else did. Right. And so that's the mentality going into something like improv. It's definitely some, it is a teaching tool that allows you to let go, allows your team to let go and just be right. And just play. And like you said, we're lazy. We would rather support each other. And that's the beautiful, that is the reason the art form exists. It cannot exist if you don't support the people around you. A hundred percent. But yeah, I'm thanks for, I'm glad that my failure does not resonate in your mind at your workshop. But if anything, I had a positive takeaway of like, oh, hey, all of my worst public speaking fears, a hundred percent came true and I'm fine. And you're fine. And I'm talking about it. So it's totally fine. Totally. And that to me too is a testament of, Like today, I saw the things happening in my day as super failures, right? And to somebody else, it could have been a a, a glitch in their day. And they would have been like, that's a hiccup, right? For you struggling in that moment, you a lot of people, I'm just speaking specifically to you, but when people are failing publicly on stage, wherever it may be in comedy or in a presentation at work, you feel like everybody's looking at you. You feel naked. You feel like all eyes are on you. And The truth is, is for that second, people might be hoping that you can come back, right? Like you're exactly right. People don't want to see you fail, but people are so consumed in their own brains that it's never as bad as we thought it was, right? And I think that's also a testament to you saying, okay, I had my worst fear come true. I did it. I'm still here. And then guess what? I decided to go do something even scarier, stand on stage by myself with a microphone week after week, you know? You know, it, it happened at not this past show, but the one before it, I straight up forgot a whole chunk of my set. And I had like a little note card with all like little triggers or keywords. And I had to... S- It happened again, you know, and essentially like my fear that happened in your class happened again on a very different stage. And you know what? All I said was like, oh, audience, hold on. I forgot my set. I'm going to look at my note card in my left hand. Please hold. And then they laughed at that. I got my bearings and I said, okay, we're back in action. And then went back on. Not a problem. And you know what? From that set, I got invited back to do another one that had nothing to do with like a graduation show, which was really nice. That is awesome. And I'm proud of you. You should be proud of yourself. Thanks. That is huge. That's huge. And like you said, people don't want to see you fail. So the moment that you even made a joke about like, I got to look at my card, people are rooting for you in that moment. They want you to succeed. And that's people. And I always think that too. Like I always try to tell myself when I'm so nervous 
whether it's at work, it's on, it's on stage. It's people want you to succeed. They don't want you to fail. They've taken time to sit in your presentation or sit at your show and they want to see you crush. They don't want to witness the train wreck. They want to see you fly. Yeah. And then I can also go back to people inherently being like selfish and lazy because if you fail or like they don't want to see you bomb because then it's just going to make them like not like they want to see good stuff and they're going to root for people to like do as much good as many good things as they can. So at the end of the day, everybody's a narcissist and wrapped up in themselves and they're too busy worrying about themselves to think about you. However, because of that, we all want the best for each other, which yeah. is kind of beautiful, kind of warped, but that's people and that's fine. And that's, it's also kind of funny. So there's that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, I've, I know the Improved Peeps have loved hearing all about not only what the work you're doing with Gallagher, your comedy career, how that can trickle into the work place, how it can infiltrate your culture. But I have one last question for you. Yes, ma'am. What is your it? We say on the Improve It podcast, your it is that thing that you bring to the world. What is the D's it? Ooh. Ooh. If this were my dating profile, no. Um, <laughs> what? What is my it? That might be something that I would ask you. Like, what do you think my it is? From my own introspection, I think my it is like, I think I bring a, I think I'm very authentic. And when people meet me, I have been told this. And you know, when somebody tells you something six times, you should believe it. You them. should believe it, says a lot of people, including a therapist. We got to keep that. Yes. There you gotta, yeah, you got to do that. But, um, I think I'm very authentic and I, I genuinely look for the good and the best in people. And I think that translates very clearly. So I, how that, that it is, I think I make people to the best of my ability, very comfortable, very quickly. Um, and that's nice because like nobody likes to feel uncomfortable. Everybody wants to feel welcome. And I think perhaps that's my, it. maybe, um, that coupled with like, a nice sense of humor and a cold Riesling. Maybe that's my it. Who knows? That's your it. And I love it. I love it. And I also think you should just also, I mean, the sense of humor is definitely there. The nice cup of Riesling. Yes. I think you should also really recognize the light that you bring to the world. I think that that is something that I, I think you need to just hone in on. You have a great, like you said, that authenticity, but it really does shed light in a lot of spaces that need more of it. So mm-hmm. I would add that in there. Wow. But please continue. Oh I will goodness. go. I will go. Okay. Well, I'm blushing here, guys. I'm, I have, you know, I have slightly lovely darker tone skin. So if I could blush, I would, but I <laughs> just know that I'm feeling it right now. She is feeling it. Okay. Well, if people are feeling a day and they want to connect with you, how can they do that? Sure. Um, Connect with me on LinkedIn. I think Aaron can like share that link. Haven't started putting comedy up publicly. So when I do, if you don't mind, I'll come back and share like my Instagram handle. And let me tell you why, which because I think it's kind of funny too. Because in a lot of my sets, I make fun of my mom a ton in a very loving way. And so I haven't told her yet. So I don't <gasps> have any 
like, <laughs> I haven't told her that she's in like all these sets because I think she'll be like, fu- like faux offended. So I'm just like waiting a few more sets before I tell her that I've been doing this, not making fun of her, but doing comedy in general, because like knowing her, she's just going to ask me like, Oh really? And then like, how do you find a gig? And do you let me tell you a joke? And I just want to be like, we'll just wait until I'm pretty good mom. And then I'll, I'll, let you join in. So anyway, long story short, LinkedIn for now and perhaps in the future on the Insta, but um, LinkedIn is great. And if you message me, I'll get right back to you. I love it. All right. We'll put it all in the show notes. And my friend, I'm so happy that you are here today. I hope your mom doesn't listen to the show. What do you think? Is this going to spoil it? Maybe this is like how you share with her the news. What's her name? Her name is Miriam. My mom's name is Miriam. So shout out to Miriam. You know, I could share with her that I know this podcast has worldwide reach, but I don't think it has made it to like a small, delicious smelling kitchen in Chicago quite yet. Okay, not yet. All right. All right. Well, Miriam, if you are listening, we love you and your daughter is becoming famous. She's going to be in the comedy cellar in five years, four years, four years. In four, T minus four years and two months. It'll happen. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Fred. Thanks for having me. This is such a pleasure, honor, delight, and kudos to you, Erin. This is big stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (sighs) Improve it, peeps. I could talk to Adi for forever and just know we've had many chats over our old lady lunches over the years. Feels like talking to a friend at lunch, just sitting here in my little podcast closet, podcasting with her. So I hope you enjoyed this series with a D. If you did not go back and listen to episodes 157 and 158 of this show, so you can hear the full conversation. And you know, I always like to leave you with a tangible. So here is your tangible for today. I want you to think of We heard Adi talk about in this show about her worst fear came true in our improv session. She forgot what she was going to say, but how we knew we would support her, how she found that support and how that is translated in different areas of her life at work, on stage now, in her career as a stand-up comedian. And I want you to think about your biggest failure moment or when one of your worst fears came true and how you got through it because you're still here. You're still here and you're listening to this show. And I want that to serve as a reminder to you to keep getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, to bring improv or laughter or levity or humor and positivity into your day-to-day, to your job, to your team, and let it infiltrate your culture. It will make a difference in how you show up, not only for the people around you, but more importantly, for the most important person in your life, you. My friends, it has been an honor to have a D on this show. If these episodes moved you, I'm going to ask you a huge favor. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It really means so much. It helps us bring amazing guests like a D to the show, helps people find us, and helps us shed this message of laughter, levity, and positivity with the world. You know what I'm going to say? I want you to keep failing, keep improving because this world needs that very special it that only you can bring. I will see you soon.
Hey friend, did you enjoy today's show? If so, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, did I mention that when you leave a five-star review of the Improve It podcast, an actual team of humans does a happy dance? Mm-hmm, that's right. So leave a review for us on iTunes, screenshot it, and send me an email at info at learntoimproveit.com. I'll send you a personalized video back as a thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Improve it, peeps. I'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs>